Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack McEnroy, and I'm here with a brother that will smother your mother <laughs> and make his sister think he loves her, Steve Walsh. None of the above is true. This Saturday is the FA Cup final. It was meant to be a joyous occasion, Steve. I was supposed to be uh, cheering Tottenham on. But... And I was supposed to be watching, kind of hoping that Tottenham win, but happy that Everton were going to win otherwise and it wasn't going to be Liverpool or yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, we've got the two most hated teams in the country. Yeah. And the thing is, right, if, if you had Arsenal in there against one of those teams, suddenly fine, isn't it? I could support, I mean, I hate Chelsea, but I could at least support them against Arsenal. I could want Arsenal to lose. Here, I'll cut, there's nothing in it for me. I'll probably win and still, watch it. I still can't get over the idea that you'd want Chelsea to be, and obviously you would, but yeah, just bizarre. But yeah, um, essentially, for people who are casual uh, football fans, uh, both uh, Chelsea and Liverpool this season have been tarnished with accusations of racism within their ranks. Chelsea, uh, by their club captain and former uh, national team captain, John Terry. And obviously Liverpool with... Luis Suarez. So whatever happens this Saturday, whoever wins, someone who's been accused of being a racist, or you know, let's be fair, in the case Suarez has been proven to be yeah. a racist, and is going to lift. Uh, in the case of Terry, definitely a scumbag, the worst man in football, is going to lift the FA Cup. So you can't. I've no interest in the game now, personally. It's uh, the lesser of two evils. I want Liverpool to win, uh, just because I prefer Liverpool to Chelsea. And yeah, I that but it means Jamie Carragher picking up a trophy, man. That always yeah. hurts my heart. This, yeah, yeah. And even then, you've got Stephen Gerrard picking up, who's who's only got you know convictions, not even convictions, has only been accused of uh, beating up a DJ, which he definitely did. So there's no, there's very few. Hang the DJ, hang the DJ. Yeah, so it is going to be. I think someone on Twitter uh, has described it as the most racist sporting event since (laughs) 1986 Olympics, which is you know Uh, harsh, but you know if you don't want those accusations to come around. Don't be going around calling people negritas or whatever he said. But yeah, it would have been nice for me to sort of incorporate uh, my blog, You'll Win Nothing With Yes, which I never blog on. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I'm your, your, your Twitter account at Yes, uh, which you do tweet on. If so. you want to read a blog that I did in March and one I did in February, <laughs> you win nothingwithyes.com. If you want any pre Christmas match reports, <laughs> <laughs> Hotspur, it's my favourite place to go, certainly. But yeah, you know, last, we won't dwell on it, but. I mean, we got beat by Chelsea 5-1 in the end, but importantly, at 1-0 down, they were given a goal where the ball clearly didn't cross the line. Didn't even really come close to crossing the line. I mean, Ben Wiswakoto is wearing orange boots and he stops the ball <laughs> on the line. Do you know what I mean? If you can't see that... I think it's also important to address um, another Chelsea-related incident from the game because um, there's a very specific point to it. During the minute silence for Hillsborough, um, Chelsea fans made noise, which you can, you know, people make noise during the minutes. Like you shouldn't. But what really bothered me was there were reports that they were chanting murderers. Um, yeah, apparently it's like, I'm a lyrical gangster. And then they were all going, murderer. Excuse me, was, Mr. Officer. Was it that? Was it that? Well, <laughs> the hands of that lyric. <laughs> but um, it, and that really bothers me because the same weekends, you know, the Hillsborough disaster. Um, yeah, what, what anniversary was it? Well, it's not a significant number, is it? It was like 23, I suppose. But, you know, traditionally uh, there's been a difference of opinion between football fans and the authorities where football fans blame the authorities and the authorities blame football fans, which is natural. The authorities Yeah, but no, but I mean, in the case of Hillsborough, I mean, we probably don't even need to clear this up, but there's there's no 
uh, doubt about. I mean, this we get back to one of our top uh, favorite topics, Steve, about how vile the sun is. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they blamed uh, in the aftermath of Hillsborough, ninety-six people. And we've probably got people listening to this, Steve, who don't know. Yeah, right. This is true. 90, yeah. Ninety-six Liverpool fans. With ninety-six. Ninety-six. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was overcrowding. Stadium wasn't particularly safe. Um, the police let too many people in, and ninety-six people were crushed to death, essentially. Um. And, you know, since the truth has never... They've never sort of... They've hidden the truth for 23 years. The police have never admitted any wrongdoing in... Uh, no, there was, uh, you know, there was security tapes that were uh, destroyed and yeah. stuff. You know, it's, the police were at fault for it. There is no doubt about that. But I think what it... Um, the trouble is that five years earlier, or whatever it was, you had the Heisel disaster. Yeah. Where... In uh, the European Cup final, was it? Yeah, European Cup final against Juventus. Yeah, in uh, somewhere in Belgium, oh, Heisel, in it in uh, Belgium, and some Liverpool fans were uh, misbehaving and they pushed a wall over and it killed some uh, mostly Belgians. Yeah, I mean part of that, yeah, which you know people want to kind of jump on Liverpool fans. If you've got a stadium where a wall can be pushed over, yeah, I mean that's, it shouldn't be hosting. It's UEFA is at fault for yeah, it, but yeah. also there are Liverpool fans yeah. who were, were they convicted. Liverpool uh, high school was certainly caused by hooliganism. Hillsborough definitely wasn't. Yeah. So when Chelsea fans chant murderers uh, across a minute silence for Hillsborough, they're basically siding with the Tory government. And the Sun newspaper against other football fans. That's what really mm. bothers me. The fact yeah. that they're taking innocent, sides. Innocent people that, yeah. that went, to, went also, to a football match and they never came they're, home. They're taking sides against their own sides. They're football fans. But, you know, as we know, uh, a lot of Chelsea fans are Tory MPs and mm. are Sun readers. So maybe if that's the side they want to choose, it's fine. But know that you're taking sides against your own. This is no way a justification, right? I'm just saying as a word of explanation. Apparently, after Heisel, there was a kind of Liverpool, I don't know if it was the club or if it was the fans, sort of blamed Chelsea fans in the stadium for causing the uh, trouble. Have you ever heard that before? No, I've never heard that. Yeah, Why would Chelsea it... fans be there? Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? I mean, it was just kind of... Not but what really a bizarre... Accurate. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure where that comes from, if, there's any, if there was any substance to it. I mean, mm, I've never heard not. that before. Um, but yeah, I wonder if there will be, there will be bad, bad blood at the uh, final. You would have there, thought so. There would be now. The other thing that uh, has always bothered me about the whole situation was the fact that the Sun newspaper in the days following Hillsborough uh, reported that Liverpool fans had urinated on the dead, had uh, stolen from the pockets of the dead, had, you know, just committed inhuman acts, which none of which were true. None yeah, it was, of just which a, it was an out-and-out lie. Yeah, and I've always felt, you know, I don't know if the connection's ever made, I'm sure it has, but you're talking about a newspaper whose owners had moved it um, you know, in the last few years before this, uh, two Docklands had, had closed down Fleet Street operations, and during that time there had been a lot of industrial action. And obviously, uh, the police had, as as they have to, sided with the owners and spent a lot of time basically trunching and battening in people who were protesting about losing their jobs. So I don't think it's a coincidence that a few years later, when the police need someone to find a scapegoat for them. The Sun newspaper is the one that manages to turn up with uh, a story that clears the police of any blame and pins it firmly on uh, a known... Gro- I, as I say, no, there's no evidence for that. <laughs> but let's put it out there. But we can definitely assert all these things happened. There was industrial action, the police sided with the Sun. The Sun may have felt they were in favour. Kelvin McKenzie, who was the editor of the Sun at that time, has never apologised for it, never backed down from his position. No. Um, and he runs that, what's it called, Sports Live Tonight or whatever it is? 
I get people on my timeline on Twitter going, oh, I'm on Sports Life tonight, or whatever yeah. it's called, some kind of online television thing. Yeah. But boycott it, man. Yeah, no. obviously, yeah. I've never heard and of it. don't buy the sun, innit? That's what we say. Never. Yeah, never. You know, the thing is, who needs to be told that? No one needs to be told that, do they? You know, if, you, if you're at any point thinking, probably get... One of, uh, I hope I haven't said this on the show before, because I'd hate to repeat myself, but one of the biggest lies told about the sun, and this is relevant to this particular show tonight, one of the things that people occasionally who buy the sun will tell you is, say what you like about it, it's the best sports journalism out there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's not true, is it? Nah, and even if it was... You'll win nothing with <laughs> <laughs> Even if that was the case... You've still got to look past uh, a horrific, uh, you know, morality behind the whole operation. Mm. Um, and this is obviously even before we get on to phone hacking and whatnot. You know, the idea that News International at any point a worthwhile organisation is ridiculous. But the lie that, you know, yeah, I'd get the sun because it's got the best... It hasn't got the best watch point. I'd argue pretty much any other newspaper has better. The Star? Well, this thing, once you get to like your the, star the sport, mirror, ironically, the sport, ironically, their sport reporting has... is just a woman in half a Barcelona shirt. <laughs> Which half? It's it's funny these kind of themes that have developed, Steve. Uh, Nineteen episodes in, or whatever we are, where you know the the sun has come up about five times now, isn't it? It's probably because I hate it. <laughs> no, but uh, it's like, you know, there was that headline, um, I can't remember exactly what it was now, but if you go back and listen to the uh, episode three, the music episode, where the Linton Quasi Johnson about the New Cross Massacre yeah, and yeah. stuff there. Do you know what I mean? Stuff, there was at least two of them I've pulled up. Because? They just kind of come up everywhere, because it's just a kind of uh, unsavoury presence in British society. It, well, it's such, and it's such a huge, a huge presence. It's, you know, as, as we covered on the previous show, the best-selling newspaper in the country. So it is a huge... Uh, cultural barometer, and I think just shows uh, shows that are worst. To wrap that up, Steve, right? I, this is maybe me trivialising things as well, yeah. But I did think when they were booing um, the Chelsea fans during the Hillsborough silence um, in the semi-final, I was thinking about the best atmosphere of any game I've ever been to um, is Tottenham Arsenal in um, Nineteen ninety nine, I think, maybe two thousand. Whenever it was that uh, they beat us three one, and Carnu knocked the ball over Luke Young's head, and he was sort of looking around for the ball <laughs> when Carnu uh, put it back in the back of the net. But there was a silence um, before the game, and I can't remember exactly who it was for. Yeah, it might have even been for Alf Ramsey, and that'd be extraordinary if it was. It was definitely for at least might have even been two pit, but someone related to Tottenham, and there was some noise from Arsenal fans during it, and like then there was just noise from Tottenham fans. And within about 15 seconds, the silence was just like, just a roar of, but it just gave it so much atmosphere. It's the best atmosphere I've ever been to. So it made me think, oh, at least people, you know what I mean? At least it'll get people going. Yeah, we'll, yeah, get a bit. Well, as you're saying, I don't know, I think uh, Tottenham fans aren't going to be too bothered about, Chelsea fans breaking their heels for silence. Then it's not no, exactly. It's not for the person. No, exactly. Um, I mean, we're sort of capable of hating Chelsea as much as we hate Arsenal, but yeah, it wasn't directed at us. But it just kind of, it just you know, lends an extra charge. Mm, Absolutely. uh, You know, people put their broad sandwiches down. (laughs) So that was at Wembley. We got the final at Wembley. Uh, Obviously, the FA Cup is all about Wembley now, isn't it? Yeah, it's indelibly linked to Wembley Stadium. But it wasn't always the case. Yeah, the history of the FA Cup starts in South London. Essentially. The oldest club competition in the world, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And in recent years, 
it's you can't. There's an air of desperation that is sort of inseparable from the FA Cup. You got the trouble with commentators and pundits. They're so insistent that it's as important as anything else when it obviously isn't. Do you know what I mean? It's not as important as winning the league. Um, in terms of long-term success, it's not as really. It's not as important as uh, finishing in the top four, say. And obviously, the Champions League is so important now. But that aside. It is still the most. It's the, probably the most prestigious. Well, it definitely is the most prestigious domestic uh, cup trophy. Absolutely, and that should yeah. be enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The FA Cups. It is uh, top teams. That's the thing. You only have to look at who's won it over the last fifteen years, and it's only top sides. Yeah. So there's no kind of shame in it, but they just they go a bit overboard, pundit sometimes, don't they? Yeah. And people say there's no magic in the FA Cup. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Do you know I, mean? I was quite enjoying the game until you started. You know. So you insisted it was always got to be magic until you brought hyperbole in. <laughs> The FA Cup originates from a team called Wanderers, who started... Just, sorry, man, I was just thinking of the classic Steve Walsh. We get the name FA Cup <laughs> from uh, Football Association Challenge Cup. <laughs> the FA Cup originates from a club called Wanderers, who themselves originate from Harrow, uh, the public school, which isn't from South London. And Is the that actual... what this school Churchill went to? I think so, yeah, yeah. Old um, Horovians. Old Horovians, exactly. Yeah, a lot of, of clubs at this point are, and we'll see it in the early FA Cup, you get old Etonians, uh, old Cartusians, old uh, Oxfords. Um, old Dirty Primary. <laughs> but um, Wanderers themselves were essentially an, an old boys team from Harrow. They were called Wanderers because, although they originated from Harrow School, they didn't have a permanent place to play their home fixtures. So they tended to wander around, uh, playing wherever they could uh, find a spot. Eventually, they settle and play most of their games at the Oval. Did they change their name to the Settlers? They didn't. They they remained the Wanderers, even though they weren't wandering as as far as they did. One of their founders was a guy called C.W. Alcock who came up with the idea of a Challenge Cup for English football teams. And the idea was based on um, an inter-house competition from Harrow, where the house would play each other in a knockout tournament and the last two would play off uh, for a Challenge Cup. He suggests this to the FA, and in 1872, the first FA Cup final is played. Wanderers, Alcock's team, based in Kennington, make it through to the final. I don't want to accuse there of being any sort of fixing, but Wanderers make it through to the first ever FA Cup final, having won one match over four rounds. <laughs> Basically through a series of walkovers and buys, they get through to the semi-final, having won one game. In the semi-final, they're drawn against Queen's Park of Scotland. And the semi-final is played. And to be fair, this was established before the tournament side. All the semi-finals and the final are going to be played at Kennington Oval. Because Wanderers had come up with the idea it was going to be based uh, around uh, their home ground. So Queen's Park come down to play uh, the semi-final against Wanderers. It's a draw, so a replay is ordered. But Queen's Park, being based in Scotland, can't afford to make the replay. They literally Uh... don't have enough money to travel back down to London to play them again. So Wanderers get a buy-through to the final at that point. So again, having won one game in the whole tournament at this point and through a series of buys and walkovers, Wanderers get to the FA Cup final. Uh, 
Yeah, to put some kind of context on it, this it's not the sport we know and love, is it? No, it's not the sport. It's not the, the format of the cup is, uh, as you can tell from the, this idea of buyers and walkouts, is radically different. There's a lot fewer clubs in it. Well, it's 15 clubs in the first one. Yeah. Uh, over 700 now in the FA Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when was the league formed? 1889? Yeah, so this is, I mean, this is like 18 years before that. Yeah. Uh, it's 11 years before Tottenham Hotspurs founded, for example. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, even the, even, I mean, it's nearly 90 years before um, substitutes were introduced. Well, even, as you say, the format of the game itself, you know, looking at the final, Wanderers played uh, Engineers. Um, Wanderers won 1-0, a goal from Morton Betts, um, which is essentially a tap-in following a lengthy dribble from Robert Vidal. Who basically dribbled more or less, as far as I can remember reports, more or less the length of the pitch, and then the ball falls to Morton Betts, who taps it home. Sensible soccer, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. At this point, in terms of football, you've essentially got a dribbling game. There's no real passing. A lot of it is. Uh, the Scottish were yet to invent passing football. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And you've also got. There's one in the early FA Cup finals. Uh, there's a, there's a, a final where it's seen as the first time. A working class team wins through passing as opposed to the traditional uh, footballing methods of scrimmaging and dribbling. Scrimmaging? But it was, it was, a, very, it was a very different game at this point. Yeah. I mean, I mean could, even look, looking at it, I mean, the boots people were wearing, yeah. you know, I mean, the balls were. I mean, they're wearing shirts, aren't they? They're yeah, the sort of yeah. shirt that you wear, Steve. <laughs> wearing my uh, Wanderer shirt today? No numbers, anything like that. Mm. You could say, and again, this is another thing that tells us how different uh, the game was from the game that we know today. You'd say it's a deserved win for Wanderers because they definitely played uh, a more attacking formation. They fielded eight forwards <laughs> as opposed to engineers who only fielded seven. Catanacho, in a way. <laughs> just, just the seven forwards. So it was, it was a very different game. It was, it was essentially a game of forwards, of, of, of teams just attacking and through dribbling. They, just, they would just, someone would get the ball run as far as he could until someone took the ball off and then that person would run as far as he could until someone took the ball Scott off. Scott Parker's been doing that a lot lately. He just runs and eventually loses it to someone sort of around the box. South London football. This it's is, tires out. This is yeah. him, you know, he's bringing it back to the, the core values. So yeah, um, Wanderers win the first FA Cup 1-0 at Kennington Oval. So a team based in South London win the first FA Cup in South London with it being formed in South London. It's uh, very much a South London it is. institution. 1873, Wanderers, and this was another thing that tells you about the, the different format of the FA Cup at this point. I don't know if you know this. Um, Wanderers got to the final again. Do you know how they did it? Go on. As champions, they got a bye to the final next season. So it's, this is the thing. You can uh, We'll cover the fact that Wanderers... It's a good thing these teams don't exist anymore. Well, Wanderers do, dominated the too. early... The early uh, but you can see why, essentially. They won... You know, two games to win the first FA Cup. They get through to the final, having played no games second round. And that was the thing, originally, the format, and it's still called the FA Challenge Cup. The idea was it's a Challenge Cup, so as holders, you defend the title against yeah. whoever comes along next season. So, Wanderers get through to the final. The final isn't played in South London. It's moved to Fulham. Possibly, I don't know, possibly to uh, stop Wanderers having home advantage. Um, they move it to Fulham. Lily Bridge Stadium. That's right. Um, Wanderers win 2-0 this time round but there's an attendance of only 3,000 
because for some reason they decided to schedule the FA Cup final for the same day as the boat race. And if you're in Fulham, the chances are more people are going to go to the boat race in the FA Cup final. At this Unless point, they were trying to now. combine both. Possibly, yeah. It didn't work. They only got 3,000 people. Steve, I'm a bit concerned at this point, right? Because uh, 40 of the first, like, what, 45, 44... FA Cup finals are in South London. Are you going to go through every single one? Not, not, not in that much detail. I think it's important <laughs> to establish the teams that are about and the places that they were played. Um, yeah, we can basically summarise the rest of it. The, the FA Cup final is played uh, at the Oval exclusively after this point till 1880. So you basically you have, of the first eight FA Cup finals, only one of them isn't played in the Oval, which is the one we just talked about in 1873. Only two FA Cup finals up to this point don't feature South London teams, which is in 1874 and 1875. Wanderers won five of the first eight FA Cups. Um, they won three in a row from 1976 to, uh, 1876 to 1878, and obviously their first two in 1872 and 1873. South London teams won six of the first eight. Clapham Rovers lost in the final in 1879, but one in the final in 1880. So you have this early dominance of the competition by South London teams, with, as I say, six of the first eight winners coming from South London. However, in 1880, Clapham Rovers win the FA Cup, and they will be the, the last South London team to win the FA Cup for 67 years. Which is quite incredible, considering the early dominance. Yeah. But I think this, this tells a, a truer story of the situation in English football. English football has always been dominated by teams from the North East and the Midlands. And that's what you see happening over the FA Cup from 1880 onwards. You see uh, Villa's dominance, Blackburn's dominance, uh, Man United coming into it. Then in the 20th century, you get Arsenal coming into it. And, um, Am I right in saying that... Um... London is the only major city in Europe not to have had a European Cup winner. Don't don't answer now, Steve. But I mean, let's hope that uh, in like a month's time that's still true. <laughs> so yeah, twenty out of the first twenty-one, uh, Kennet and then, and uh, there was a replay in uh, the racecourse ground in Derby. That's right. That yeah. There's an interesting point in 1875 as well, where um, the game's played at the Oval. Um, it's the engineers versus Oxford University, two teams that neither have any uh, links to South London. But um, C.W. Alcock referees this one, <laughs> which is uh, fascinating, isn't it? And again, shows you how different the game is. The idea that he's not involved in playing in the game or being involved in the game, but these are very different times. So, so 1893, uh, the final at Fallowfield Stadium in Manchester. 1894, Goodison Park. Yep. Uh, Liverpool, obviously. Then uh, Fallowfield is quite interesting um, in that it had a capacity of fifteen thousand, um, and the crowd that turned up for the game was forty-five thousand. <laughs> so you can see why they probably decided not to keep it at Fallowfield long after that. There were reports of people having restricted view through through the game. You'd imagine if a stadium's holding three times its normal capacity, a view a restricted view would be the least of your worries, isn't it? There's this huge sort of issues of crushing and just be horrible, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, all those people in hats with their rattles. <laughs> Smoking as well. And yeah, moves to Crystal Palace, Steve. 1895. 1895 to 1914, um, the FA Cup final was played in Crystal Palace. It comes back to South London again for a substantial amount of time. Yeah, 20 in a row. Um, 1901, Tottenham Hotspur win their first one. Only, t- only uh, non-league team ever to win the FA Cup. First FA Cup filmed as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so presumably all of them since then have been filmed. Yeah. Um, at that game, well, Tottenham, Tottenham, uh, they drew the uh, the final with uh, Sheffield United and had to go and beat them at Burnden Park. If we go back to 1876, yeah, the replay, Wanderers against Old Etonians, 1,500 people there. Yeah. Right, I presume it's an estimate. Yeah. By the time we get to uh, the Tottenham game in 1901, there's a, over 100,000 people at Crystal Palace. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just rocketed in their popularity over, you know, 30 years, isn't it? You've got the emergence of the Football League at this point as well. And also, you've got the fact that, as you say, from the f- sort of 15 people that compete in the first FA Cup, it just rises exponentially yeah. each year after. Yeah, there's structure in English football then, in the competition and in English football generally, generally, isn't it? And also, you've got the fact that the infrastructure's there in terms of transport as well. You're not going to get incidents like the Queen's Park semi-final thing where they can't afford to go to a replay. Mm. Suddenly, these clubs have revenue streams and have... You know uh, arrangements in place to to travel and be able to afford to uh, make make replays. First World War comes. Crystal Palace, yeah, Crystal Palace is appropriated for um, as a training centre for the army, um, and the FA Cup moves away. Well, it's put on ice, London. isn't it? For well, first yeah, of all. yeah, I absolutely. Mean, there's no yeah. FA Cups during the uh, war years. No, but it's never played. The final is never played in South London again. Alright, thanks for listening. <laughs> so after the FA Cup moves away from South London in 1914, who are the next South London team to win the FA Cup? Are you going to try and tell me that Millwall won some kind of interwar FA Cup? I'm going to tell you that Charlton won a War Cup during the Second World War. Oh, right, because I've heard this thing about Millwall. I mean, Millwall, to, to clarify, if there are any Millwall fans listening, you've never won the FA Cup. Millwall won the Southern Final of a War Cup in 1944, which... Uh, and Why weren't they out there fighting, Steve? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the war teams uh, are quite fascinating just because it's basically decided... The squads are, are built around who's, who's there. So you'll have players who are contracted to Chelsea... Arsenal, Millwall, but they're up in Scotland. So they'll turn out for Queen's Park and Dumbarton. And by the, the same time as well, you've got people barracked in South East London who are under contract with Liverpool or Aston Villa, but they'll play for Millwall because that's, you know, the, there is no transport infrastructure in place for uh, football during the war. There's mm. uh, bigger fish to fry. So yeah, uh, Millwall got to uh, a southern final of uh, the, the War Cup. Charlton. Uh, can you say they won it? They drew with Aston Villa in 1944 in the final and there was no time for replays. So it was agreed that they would share uh, the walk at half each. Half each, yeah. Um, so that's the closest you get to a South London team achieving Cup Glory after uh, 1914. But fortunately, Charlton 
despite the fact that I'd imagine that 1944 team, I don't know, but I'd imagine it was made up from a, a ramshackle squad of whoever it was about. But by 1946, they're back in the FA Cup final again. Yeah, first, uh, there was no league tournament that year, was there? No. So after the war finished, um, they just had an FA Cup that year. Yeah. And uh, Charlton lost 4-1 to Derby in the final. But, they were back the next year, Steve. Before we get to the next year. Oh, yeah. uh, Interesting point from uh, 1946. Charlton received bronze medals as runners-up, but (laughs) so did Derby. Because there's a gold shortage in the country. Silver? Everyone's got bronze medals. But then later that year, when some gold was freed up, Derby were awarded gold medals for their win. Nice. So, uh, yeah. But as you say, in 1947, Charlton back in the final. And this time... They beat Burnley 1-0. At Wembley. 1946-1947 FA Cup final. Also uh, memorable for an incident that happened in both games. I don't know if you know what it was. Streaker. <laughs> close not close uh, the ball burst during both the games because uh, again it's the end of the second world war there's no quality lever about they basically made a terrible football oh. from whatever's about and, it, and in 1946 and in 1947 uh, there's instances where someone passes the ball and the ball just just bursts so they have to stop the game find another ball it wasn't like a Roberto Carlos token it wasn't no it wasn't uh, a thunderbolt that uh, destroyed the ball it was just a uh, trolley chip but yeah, Charlton on the wrong side of it in 46, but winning in 47. The first team since Clapham Rovers, first South London team in since Clapham Rovers in 1880 to lift the cup. Bit of a gap again till the next one. It's basically uh, 130 years, two trophies, isn't it? And that other yeah. one is 1988, one of the most famous FA Cup finals of uh, all time, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wimbledon in there, blue and yellow. Yeah. Taking on the mighty Liverpool. Wimbledon's win in 1988 makes them and old Cartusians uh, the only two teams to have won the amateur FA Cup and the senior FA Cup. It's a nice touch, isn't it? I'm sure uh, MK Dons have given both those trophies back to (laughs) to Merton Council. Did you watch the 1988 FA Cup final? I did, but I have very few recollections of it. Uh, I remember the penalty save. That was the sort of that was the big moment because yeah, Dave Besant, uh, yeah, Wandsworth, isn't he? Yep, South Londoner. And who's he saving from? Ian Rush is it or John Aldridge? John Aldridge. Dave Besant saves the penalty, and the goal is scored by Laurie Sanchez, Lambeth's own oh. Laurie Sanchez. So it's uh, an FA Cup final win from a South London team, very much made in South London as well. Yeah, I mean, in episode five, we compiled the all-time South London eleven. So if you go back, you can hear much more about Larry Sanchez. Yeah. Not much more. We said the same thing. (laughs) Wimbledon have risen from non-league, haven't they, over a relatively short period of time. Yeah, a meteoric rise through through the leagues. And they weren't, you know, they weren't supposed to be there, let alone supposed to be beating Liverpool. I mean, if if they'd beaten Stoke in the final, it would have been an achievement. But the fact that they beat, you know... Mm. The, the, the team of the 80s, Liverpool, absolutely. Two years later, Crystal Palace in the final. This one I've got much more vivid memories of, because at this point... You thought you would heralded a period of uh, South London dominance. <laughs> Transpontine FA Cup dominance. Like, finally. The South Londoners are coming, you, you famously declared. <laughs> well, by 1990, uh, I'm at secondary school in Norwood, 
seven, five, seven minutes away from Sellers Park. I went past your uh, school, Steve, the other day. You did, I was going yeah. to the stakeout in Norbury. Yeah. Appalling service, right? <laughs> Took 25 minutes to get a coffee. What? And the thing is, this, like, uh, this is not be. It's all right. This is not be being some kind of uh, prissy prima donna. Like, I'm having to pay kind of a fair amount of money. Yeah. And there's just people walking around on their iPhones, sitting at uh, tables with laptops. You know, people work there. And really? So forever, yeah. Can I have a Ferrero Rocher shake, right? That's what I said when I got here. Yeah. No shakes today. Right, so Lakeisha goes, can I have a whatever soup? No soups today. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got off. To, I didn't know where I was going, yeah. I just got on the 468. And I was like, I just looking at different bus maps on my phone all the way there, just thinking, how do I get from Norbury? How do I get from Norwood to Norbury? Yeah. Like, you know, it's next to it and yeah. like the uh, index, isn't it? Yeah. But um, I just ended up getting off by your school, going, oh, look, there's Steve's school. Uh, quite fancy up there, isn't it? Of that hill, man. Yeah, well. Um, really nice. And I just walked down that hill through a park and I was there, man. It was like it's 15 minutes walk. Yeah, nice. No, it's, it's very doable, yeah. Yeah, St. Joseph's College, uh, just to divert briefly. Um, yeah, it's well fancy. The actual main office. Yes, I mean, it, the school is like, it's like, it's like a kind of private school type Yeah, well, it was, yeah. Like a Sh- Catholic, Sh- innit? Shackleton went there. It's, it was wow. essentially a private school for a long time. Tried um, to go to Shackleton's, Shackleton's uh, other school, didn't you, Steve? I did try to go to Shackleton's. College College. Yeah, the actual, the main, the main body of the school is called the Grecian Villa, and it was a royal residence at one point, so it's well fancy. But more importantly, bring it back to why we're here today, um, it's five minutes away from Sellers Park. So there was loads of Palace fans in the school. And the school itself um, were very good, actually, about sort of jumping on the bandwagon. I remember, you know, in the weeks leading up to the FA Cup final, uh, the offices in particular, the sort of administrative areas, were just uh, bedecked in Palace colours. And like there were loads of like, banners made and flags up. It was uh, quite incredible, really. And uh, they gave a good account of themselves. Yeah, um, yeah, we spoke about it in episode five again, didn't we? Of course, yeah. There's some highlights of the game up on the website. Three all, Ian yep. Wright uh, came on and scored two, was it? I think two, yeah. South London's Ian Wright. South London's for Ian Wright, of course. But yeah, they lost the replay. Uh, and then Manchester United, the uh, modern dominant force, was born really, wasn't it? Well, there's it's the game that people always point at and say, if United had lost, Alex Ferguson was due to be sacked. And people use that as a reason why you should never sack a manager because they'll all definitely point. turn into Alex Ferguson. <laughs> no, not to mention he'd won a European trophy with Aberdeen previously. <laughs> and the league. Yeah, know. he's not a terrible manager. Um, they hadn't won the league at that point. No, Aberdeen had won the league. He's won the league yeah. with Aberdeen. Sorry, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you no one does that. guy's quite good. It's probably worth giving him some time. Yeah. That's not a reason that you never stack Steve McLaren, for example. Always sack Steve McLaren as a rule. That Crystal Palace team from 1990 are the last all-English team to compete in the FA Cup final. Oh, were they? Yeah. Can't imagine there ever being a time again where you have so many South Londoners in the team. Either. No. Most recent appearance by a South London team in the FA Cup final, 2004. Millwall lose 3-0 to Man United, who is still managed by Alex Ferguson. <laughs> he turned out to be all right. They've won a few things in those intervening years. I didn't watch this one. I watched this one, um, I don't remember it. I mean, the thing was, I know a few Millwall fans, and a lot of them, you know, you get the occasional lunatic that will go, uh, mm-hmm. we could probably nick this. And it is a one-off game, and you you know, the, the FA Cup is built on 
the hopes of, of giant killers well, Wimbledon, I mean, Wimbledon yeah you know. absolutely yeah and you've got to go Even in there Palace, believing you know, yeah. let me run them in all the way but as it is I think most Mill fans would agree that 3-0 is a fair result I think they had, more importantly they had a good day out they you know got to you know get to the FA Cup final you know all the pantomime resume says that entails um, Dennis Wise plays for Mill that day mainly because they got an injury crisis he's their player manager at the time but he wasn't really playing but he does play that day because they're injured um, he's at fourth one of the goals mm. um, it's his last ever professional football appearance and he substitutes himself in the last minute for Curtis Weston who then becomes the youngest player ever to play in the FA Cup final oh, interesting mm. what's, what's become of him I've not heard of him recently so mm. yeah I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a nice gesture. Well, I mean, Millwall were in the point where point they were in the second tier at the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and this yeah. is I, I was kind of quite resentful, man, because obviously Tottenham. Have, my earliest memory of Tottenham, really, um, in terms of seeing a game, is the nineteen ninety one FA Cup final where we beat Forest. Um, Gatter. Yeah, so you know you've got um, twenty odd years of uh, Tottenham. Not doing that great. We got to a couple of semi-finals in that time, and Millwall get to the FA Cup final without playing against a top-flight team. Yeah, it runs up the FA Cup without ever scoring against a top-flight team. Well, again, from a personal perspective, I, the reason I support West Ham is because of the FA Cup. Um, it was 1980. I was five years old. Uh, I watched the FA Cup final. I liked the colour of their shirts. They you like the colour of their jib. They covered West Ham's previous successes. They'd won it in 1975, the year I was born, and I was like, these Sold. lot are great. Then they win, and I'm like, and they win stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. Not won anything since. It was a, a terrible attempt at glory hunting. My friend Tabo, um, he's a couple of years younger than you. He said he used to support whoever won the FA Cup final. Nice. And then in 1987, Tottenham lost to Coventry, and he felt sorry for Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> so he stuck with him. Pity. <laughs> I often think that supporting Tottenham is the worst decision I've ever made in my life, genuinely. Really? Yeah, because it's not uh, it's not brought me joy, has it? No, it's true. There's worse teams to support, though, isn't there? Yeah, there are. There are. There are better ones, crucially. Yeah. Do you ever think, you know, could have been Arsenal? I'll try been... I, I, I can't <laughs> let myself think that. <laughs> Pick the wrong team in North London. Yeah, so Millwall, they played in Europe, didn't they? They did, um, yeah. They played one game, was it uh, here in Vain? No, 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 no. Ferenc Varos. Ferenc Varos, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, uh, they lost, didn't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what the thing. What expected to. Um, Millwall qualified for Europe because Man United already qualified for the Champions League. So their place in the FA Cup final went to Millwall. Um, Wimbledon would have. Yeah, well, Europe. the aforementioned Heisel Stadium disaster where uh, it resulted in um, all English clubs being banned from Europe for, what was it, about six years? It was supposed to be longer. Um, yeah. and well, a lot of... didn't they try and ban all British clubs in the first instance oh, really? I think so mm-hmm. it's got the Scottish FA will hang them in it well um, Palace fans are still quite resentful that uh... well Everton fans you know yeah, because yeah. of uh, you know again I don't want to sort of uh, blame all of Ever- no, no. Liverpool fans but you know the way from an Everton point of view you know uh, a handful of Liverpool fans you know cause deaths yeah and then Everton don't get to play in the European Cup yeah you know, it's not it's not fair, is it really? And but you know, I don't know. It was. I don't know. Well, the bans lifted in 1990 when Man United win the FA Cup, and I've, I've still got Palace friends now who uh, are 
insistent that the band wouldn't have been lifted to Palace one year. They just convinced it was a favourite. Well, that many it was um, obviously two years later. You got the Champions League, the Premier League. You know, football was changing, wasn't it? And England had to be a part of that, I suppose, didn't it? So it was yeah. obviously coming. Speaking of Millwall, um, do you remember in um, 1995 when they beat Arsenal 2 0 at Highbury yeah. in the FA, that FA Cup replay? Then they beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. <laughs> That's the third and fourth round. And they went out in the fifth round. I'd kind of always assumed they got to like the semi final. Yeah, yeah. But like, third round win at Highbury. Was it Mark Kennedy? Yeah, Kennedy. We're doing playing for that time. I saw Mark Kennedy in an FA Cup youth final yeah. uh, a few years before at the New Den uh, against Liverpool, um, and it was the first leg at the old Den, and then, uh, the New Den, sorry. And then no, the old Den. No, this was at the New Den. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, it was one. It was one of the first. It might have been the first season of New Den actually. Uh, it was remarkable. I've been to the old Den a few times, and it was uh, retronym. The Den, isn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah. Course. Um, I like spotting retronyms, man. I'm not on the lookout for that. That was what the podcast is going to be. Retronyms, yeah. <laughs> um, Retronymous. Um, yeah, and uh, I'd been to Old Den, it was grotty, and then you go was, to yeah. the New Den, it was lovely. I like on the Old Den, right, on the, one of the corners, it was like a hill. I think it was Millwall against Tottenham in some kind of youth game. That's probably why I'd gone, do you know what I mean? You're not going to a real match, are you? And there was like a bloke up there with his dog, and there's about five people, and you could just see him in the corner of the stadium. Like on this hill, yeah. just like watching the game for nothing. Yeah, it was, yeah, it's it was quite. Um, it's funny. The other day, I've I've been living in New Cross for um, three years, really, three or four years now, and I go past. I've been past the Den loads of times on the train. If you go to London Bridge, it goes past it. And last Saturday was the first time that I'd been past them during a game. All right. I went through, I had a little quick period. Try to see how Harry Kane was playing. I know from Tottenham, <laughs> but you can make it up. You know, in those three or four seconds, I could see the pitch. <laughs> Well, I, as I say, I saw Mark Kennedy play from uh, Millwall that day, and he scored uh, an amazing bicycle kick. Really, really good. One of the best goals I've yeah, seen. Yeah, talented, life. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, um, ended up moving to Liverpool. Yeah. Possibly on the back of uh, his performance that day, which was uh, brilliant. We talk a lot on this show, Steve, about people that are human part. <laughs> now we talk a lot on this show about um, Dana Jamnet, right? Rightly so. Uh, 1922. Are you aware of the game against St Albans? I'm not. I missed at, that one. At Champion, <laughs> at Champion Hill, right? Dulwich 8. St Albans 7, right? Oh. Wilfred Minter scores 7 for uh, St Albans is on the losing side. Edgar Cale hat-trick. But yeah, I think it's... I don't know if the record still stands. Yeah, but the offer gets two hat-tricks and another goal. <laughs> yeah, but it's our record at the time. Presumably it's like kind of not broken for some time. Maybe... It probably has never been broken. I hope that that is the highest amount that someone scored on me on loose side. It'd be heartbreaking. Someone scored eight, and they're like nine eight. You couldn't save one of them. It's horrible, isn't it? Incredible though. But yeah, so Dulwich got in to the first round of the FA Cup um, fourteen times, mostly in the twenties and thirties, and the last time being nineteen forty eight. Before fifty years after nineteen ninety eight, right? And this is the only time I've ever been to see a football team overseas, right? Newport Isle of Wight. All right. Got the coach over there. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the score was. It was a draw. And so the replay was at Dulwich. And uh, I think I'm right in saying this, man. I might have some of my facts mixed up. But it was the day my friend Peter got married. Right, my good friend Peter. And uh, he got married at Grove Chapel in uh, in a Campbell Grove, around that way. Yeah, yeah. As well. And I had a brand new suit. New shoes, right. It's the first suit I ever had. I was... Uh, 
15. Yeah, so replay at Champion Hill. And uh, yeah, Dulwich beat Newport. And it's the only time I've ever been involved in a pitch invasion. <laughs> in a suit? In a suit. My new shoes <laughs> mud all over my new shoes running around. Slapping like Paul Whitmarsh on the back. Luke Anderson. <laughs> I can't remember who the players are. I've probably got the years wrong. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was great, man. Really, really exciting. Like, you know, 50 years since. And, you know... It's not the third round. Of the, if it was the third round of the FA Cup, it'd be no, incredible. Well, yeah, but, but the first round is yeah. what you're aiming for. Um, I mean, it meant the Dulwich won match of the day, though. Played against Southport at uh, Champion Hill. Well, the other point is as well, you know, we're talking about the history of the FA Cup. And, and, you know, looking at the early years, as we say, in the early tournaments, it's like 15 clubs. It's 40 clubs. It's 70 clubs. It grows in that. So, mm. And as you say now, it's 700 clubs. Yeah. For for a team like Dulwich to move through the preliminary rounds, because that's where it's structured now, you have so many preliminary rounds to get to what they call the first round proper. Mm. To get to that first round is such a process, yeah. isn't it? It's like a little tournament of its own. And, so. I mean, Dulwich have got a couple of hundred teams above them, really. Yeah, yeah. They've got no right to be there. So, yeah, it's an achievement. A two in a mission. Don't like to talk about them very much, do we, Steve? The enemy. <laughs> <laughs> they got to the third round of the FA Cup in 1959. And they were drawn at home against First Division Nottingham Forest. Uh, took a two-goal lead. Ended up drawing and uh, lost the replay 3-0 in front of 42,000 people. But yeah, Forest went on to win the FA Cup, man. They were, um, you know, it's two in the two nil up against them at one point in the competition. So you're saying it should have been their cup? <laughs> Could have been their year. Could have been their year. So we'll get some stuff from uh, Pafé News. Whatever it's called, yeah, Pafe, YouTube, yeah, put links. it on the website. We'll put some links up, some uh, choice moments. One from, a day uh, a week for the rest of the week, Steve. Yeah, that's the plan. Mm-hmm.